Now, InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. If you ever wondered why public infrastructure projects take so long and cost so much, our next guest has the answers. He's Dr. John Brown Miller, a global expert on public infrastructure and uh, was professor of construction management and civil and environmental engineering at MIT. He's written two textbooks and over 100 scholarly articles and case studies on this topic. Dr. Miller, let's start with a big question. Why does everything the government does seem to cost so much? There's probably a number of reasons, but let me try to talk about two or three of them. And I'm going to stick to infrastructure, which is my field. So governments, they buy infrastructure. They buy the design for facilities. They buy the construction. They don't build it themselves. That creates inherent trouble because... You don't want a mayor contracting with his brother for everything or his sister. That makes things complex because when you're spending public dollars, everyone's watching and you need a procurement system and you go through a competitive system and it's the process that makes things a little more difficult. I think number two, it's the way that the process has been run. Our procurement models today are about 50 years out of date. You could buy a lawn, one blade of grass at a time, or maybe you could buy the lawn all at once. And some of the pressure occurring today relates to that very analogy. Right now, governments buy the design piece separately, and they do that first. And then they buy construction only of that design. They ignore maintenance, operations, and repair costs. They just pretend that they're not going to happen. So that's a very lumpy process. Other countries, other places in the world buy the design piece and the construction piece together. And that can save 10%. And if you buy all three together, design, construction, and operations, you can probably save 30 to 40%. Well, obviously, that is a complicated process. Does that explain why it takes so long for these projects generally to be completed? When you do things in lumps like that, you do the design first, If your site investigation is not adequate, for example, you have a pretty good idea what's underground, but you don't know. If you don't do enough test borings and you don't explore the site properly, you may design the wrong thing. So what happens in these construction projects so many times is that when you try to implement the design, the contractor is doing that, there's a problem. Either the information is wrong and therefore the design is wrong, or the owner changes its mind and the design is wrong. So when that happens, then you get back into the world of public procurement where you're negotiating about how to spend more tax dollars. That takes time and money. And when you delay contractors, that costs money. I think a third reason why public infrastructure projects are so often delayed and come in over budget is that These projects now are being sold. If you look at some of the recent transit projects, New Start Transit Systems, there's very rosy forecasting of what the project's going to cost and also what the ridership and the revenue from that ridership's going to be. Those rosy forecasts are in place when officials are arguing for federal grants. You know, my project's better than your project's. My project's going to do more than your project's. When you look at things with rosy glasses, when you take those glasses off, the reality is a lot different. It seems like some of the projects that are being pushed don't seem to make a lot of sense to the average person. And it seems to many people that it's just another way to get tax dollars and shuffle those tax dollars to the favored few. Is that the case or are people just being cynical when they think that? 
I think it's not intentionally the case, but I think unfortunately that that probably happens more often than certainly I would wish. I live near Boston and everyone in the country knows about the big dig. That project was anticipated to cost $2 billion, but it came in at $14 billion. And now because so much of it was financed by the feds, you know, about half of that money came from the feds to the home entity that's building that project. You're building it with light money because you have the federal government subsidizing. And I think your question is right. If you are in the right line and you can get subsidized dollars to build your infrastructure, that's a nicer line to be in than you need a new infrastructure project and you're not in the line and you have to pay full freight for it. There's a strong argument that sometimes a government builds something because the federal financing is available for it, makes the initial out-of-pocket costs lighter, and that's more palatable politically. Is there any possible way the average citizen can have any effect on this situation and maybe streamline the system a little bit, or are they pretty much just working through the elected politicians? Competition is really the answer, because you put a project through competition, and Theoretically, it's the competition that takes any taint of special treatment or any kind of fraud, waste, and abuse out of the process. But you need to decide what you want to compete for. One of the things that the rest of the world is ahead of the United States on is that they will compete for design and construction together, laying a pipe or building a bridge. You're still competing, but you're getting better value for money because you're getting both the design and the construction from the same entity, and they are responsible for it. And other countries around the world compete over the entire life cycle. The task that people are competing about is to design something, build it, and run it for 25 to 30 years. The government still owns it. They're not giving it away. But you get binding commitments from contractors about what something's going to cost. One of the biggest problems I think taxpayers have is that there always seems to be cost inflation for these facilities, and yet so much of them are in poor repair. You look around, you see a lot of money being spent and a lot of stuff in poor repair, and that should not be the case, but there's no contract in place requiring those bridges to be repaired. It's a change in mindset. Competition is the answer, but over what you compete is the biggest question. I think Taxpayers can have a big influence on that because there are proven models out there. Some states and many jurisdictions in the United States know how to do that. We're talking on InfoTrack with Dr. John Brown Miller, a global expert on public infrastructure. And you were a professor at MIT of civil and environmental engineering. So let me ask this question. We often hear about environmental concerns when it comes to construction projects. Certainly, most of those are probably worthy goals to meet in terms of the environment. Do we ever overshoot in that area, adding unnecessary expense? No, a civil engineer is not generally a political animal. Civil engineers are trained to look at a problem that a client brings them and try to figure out workable solutions within the budget and within the time frame and, of course, with proper respect for the environment. So there's no civil engineer that I've ever met that isn't bent, you know, entire focus on getting to the right solution, the best solution within the budget and with all concerns in mind, especially environmental concerns. I think sometimes Congress can make things too complex by mistake. What you define as a waterway, what you define as a lake, you know, that kind of stuff 
You can have regulatory problems, but those are not generated by engineers. Do you see this situation with public infrastructure improving as we go forward in time, or are we just kind of stuck with what we have? I think it has to improve, and it will improve. We're just going through another cycle where what we currently have is getting older, and it's not what we would like to have. What is likely to happen is that we're going to continue to have disruptive changes in what we want for our infrastructure, and that is outside of control of the government. It comes from all of us, and it comes from innovators and entrepreneurs and good engineering science. So I'm sure that this is going to get better. It's just a question of how bumpy and how many potholes we're going to be driving through until it does. Dr. John Brown Miller, global expert on public infrastructure, thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Chris. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. A production of Syndication Networks of Chicago.